When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report as we look back on Forrest's defeat to Brentford. Another disappointing night for Forrest as they're on the receiving end of a 3-2 defeat. A game which I think was full of frustration from Forrest's point of view. It was a match in which they led. They then, after going 2-1 down, equalised, but then very quickly allowed Brentford to score again and regain the lead and after that Forrest never really looked like finding an equaliser or or getting something from the game. It's Stephen here and I've got Tom with me. First of all Tom I'm going to just take a look at the team news. So two changes from the replay at Blackpool. We had Matt Turner back in goal for Vlacodemos and Montiel came in for Nico Williams which meant Forrest in that 4-2-3-1 looked like Turner in goal. Nuno Tavares, Murillo, Omabamadeli, who made his first Premier League start for Forest, Montiel, Yates and Mangala. In front of them, Hudson Adoy, Danilo and Dominguez and Chris Wood up top. And on the bench, Vlacadimos, Worrell, Williams, Toffolo, McKenna, Aguilera, Song, McDonnell, and Gardner. Now, those last couple of names, Tom, just show you that. With respect to, the, to them, we are really struggling for bodies at the moment that we're having to put so many academy youngsters on the bench to fill a bench and, and make sure that we've got a squad for a game because between AFCON and injuries, we are struggling at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, and like you say, it picks itself at the moment and we haven't really got any body more to pick from. And I, I was surprised he actually managed to... Um, name a full bench yesterday because of the injuries and the AFCON going on at the moment. So, um, yeah, we are a bit bare to, uh, we're down to the bare bones, aren't we, in terms of what we can call upon. And you look at that bench yesterday and there wasn't really any game changes. You know, if the game wasn't going according to plan, there wasn't really any game changes in there. And I think we just basically got to the, get to the start of February with damage limitation. Um, 
really. I know there's what the you got the FA Cup game against Bristol, then Arsenal on the following Tuesday. But um, but yeah, looking looking back on it, having um, slept on it, it's kind of I, I don't think we can be as frustrating as it is. I don't think we can be too critical of the team because they, sp- they played what 140 odd minutes against Blackpool in those conditions. I know it was the same for Blackpool kind of thing the pitch wasn't the greatest they were like um, they had to have a lot to work just to even get the game on because of the conditions what they've had up there and, and obviously um, the weather and all of that and the travelling so um, to put in that performance yesterday um, yeah ultimately it was you can't be too critical but it's at the same time it's equally uh, frustrating and it does show you as you mentioned there that the way that Forest's FA Cup replay played out, had they held on to that two-goal lead and won within 90 minutes, yeah, they, they might have had a bit more in the tank for this game at Brentford. But Forrest did get off to a good start, three minutes in, and they took the lead. It was Danilo with a volley, a great goal from the edge of the box. Dominguez challenging for a header. The ball drops to Danilo. He controls and hits the volley first time. It's a lovely goal, isn't it? And a perfect start. Yeah, I think it took the keeper by surprise. And I think Danilo had his best game all season um, yesterday. I think he was uh, involved with uh, quite a lot of things in a uh, attacking sense. And But yeah, his goal, we was obviously at the other end in the corner at, um, at Brentford Stadium. And yeah, it was a really good hit. Um, and then the goalkeeper's got, uh, got no chance. And again, we've scored early in the game, but then, as we're going to talk about, we just can't see the game out and it's another 3-2 defeat, which we've had quite a lot this season. We had, obviously, United at the start of the season. Uh, West Ham, I think it was 3-2. Um, Brighton, it was 3-2. Now this one, and yeah, it's just coming a bit of a trend. But like I said, you can't be too critical of uh, because of the week we've had in terms of uh, FA Cup replay and all of that. And in that opening 15 minutes, Forrest did look Pretty good, actually. I thought that they they had a good spells on the ball, and and that they looked to play the game more in Brentford's half. Now, whether that was just Brentford hadn't really got going, but Forest did look pretty good in the opening fifteen, and then the the turning point really came what ninety minutes in, and it was a free kick. It was Mangala who bundled over Damsgaard just outside the box. And it's just off to the right-hand side of the penalty area. And it was obvious that Ivan Tony was going to step up and take it. And obviously a mention for Ivan Tony. This was his first game back after eight months out for breaching Premier League gambling regulations. He was suspended having played his last game for Brentford at the beginning of May against Liverpool. Not long before that Liverpool game, he played against Forest and scored from a free kick in a very similar position. And it was like history repeating itself. But there's a couple of aspects to this free kick to talk about. The first one is the position of the Forest wall, Matt Turner and Ryan Yates as well, their involvement in it. Because watching the goal back, it just looks like Tony's got so much room to bend it round the wall and pick his spot. Yeah, and it's kind of when you. I've never played any level above uh, Sunday League, and I've played a bit in goal and everything, and I've faced free kicks and everything. And basically, you've got um, 
you basically you set your wall up and everything and you try your best to get in a position where you can see some kind of the ball and everything and i said to the people around us and if they're listening to the the pod thank you for listening kind of thing but um uh, um max hayes was behind me from max day with max uh lisa fox who a lot of people were now out there and i said turn it is left an absolute creator on his left hand side and i and i just turned around and thought this is in i'd I'm like think I said I was like shouting even though he wasn't going to hear me. I was like thinking, turn it, take a step to the left, take a step to the left, take a step to the left. He steps up and it's bottom corner, isn't it? And and I don't know Hudson Adoy whether he's been told to stand there. I don't know, but I'd like to think he could have like just closed that gap between the end of the wall and where he was. It goes around the wall. Turn is too far to his right. He hasn't got enough time to react to get to the side. And and you, you'd like to think that the video analysts leading up to this game thinking, right, we haven't got a lot to work on in terms of what Tony's done recently because of his ban and everything. Right, let's have a look at what he's done last season in the Premier League. And, oh, look, our, one of his last goals he scored at Brentford was against us in the same position of the same end. Let's sort it out and and we don't. Um, I'm not going to blame Tony too. People might say he's a cheat and everything. And I'm like thinking, well, every player does it in terms of when you're on the pitch and you've got a throw in or something like that, you try and gain those yards and everything. The the people who I blame for this is, first and foremost, it's us because that wall is, (laughs) it's constructed crap. It's, It's an awful wall. You could just see that there's so many things wrong with that wall, first and foremost, but... You'd like to think if I don't know the rules from top to bottom, but if listening to Nuno, he's basically saying there is a rule there that if you're moving the placement of the ball, then you can't do that. So yeah. VAR, it's not, it's not just that though, is it? Because he moves the referee's line as well. I've never seen that before. Now no, it's, I, cl- I, it's clever from him. I, there's no, there's no two ways about it. It is clever from him. He's like bent the w- rules in his favour, which. Kind of people might say it's cheating. People might say he's, he's being clever and everything, but uh, but VAR is there. It, it's like, for example, if, um, if there's a goal, what's gone in, and the players like use his arm or something like that, and they analyze it to the nth degree. Mm. But for that, obviously, there's a he's made an advantage for himself to move that ball from where the position of the wall is and everything. Whether there's some first player out there who's actually seen it and basically should have cottoned onto it, saying. Look, he's moved the ball. He can't do that. But yeah, VAR should be all right, looking at that in my eyes. But uh, yeah, I'm not blaming Tony for it. But I, I don't think we help uh, cover ourselves in glory in terms of where the goalkeeping is and the wall is. It's just like you could just know, you know, like a, if there's a like a disaster kind of thing. There's a chain of events, and there was a chain of events in there. Thinking, you know, what the inevitability is, is and it's going to be a Tony goal, and ultimately that's what happened. And it looks like Yates was trying to tell Turner that the wall was too far across and it needed to go more to Turner's left or more to the right, depending on which angle you look at. But yeah, whatever Tony does, it doesn't excuse the poor placement of the wall and that that needs to be better. And I think that, again, is an example of Forrest's naivety. There is this underbelly of naivety with us that causes goals like this to happen and causes us to be on the end of or the wrong end of three two score lines. Yeah, if like I've I've been banging the drum 
for months now. We've got two goalkeepers who are ultimately not good enough. It's like if you try and design, if you try and explain to somebody who doesn't know football about what she what she goalkeepers like, you may as well put an egg in goal and draw a face on it <laughs> because an egg will just stand there. He's got no arms, no legs, and that's what our goalkeepers are like. We've got one keeper who can't save anything. You got one um, keeper who's so jittery with his feet. Is is we've actually seen it, haven't we? With our own eyes, how uh, what it's like when the ball's at his feet and everything. And I just don't rate any of our goalkeepers. And I, I said it on the big pod a couple of weeks ago: is that for all the money we've wasted on goalkeepers, we could have just gave Samba the world. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, if we wasn't in this position with um, traffic and sustainability rules because obviously I don't think Forest will do much business this month uh, to be honest because I think they're going to like say look the rules are we've been charged for them we're going to try and do everything in our power to um, obviously abide, uh, like abide with the rules and work with you kind of thing but I think if there was a pot of money there we would buy a goalkeeper um, yeah I, I just it's like Matt Turner's the kid what's got lucky if you look at where he's come from kind of thing he never played football until he was 15. He didn't kick a ball over the halfway line or whatever until he was 17. And he's not, I don't think he's 30 yet. And you're just thinking, there's people in the stand who probably haven't got that look. There might, there might be brilliant goalkeepers watching the game yesterday who can kick a ball, but they just didn't get that look. And he's the kid who got lucky. And I, I wouldn't go as far as stealing a living, but when you look at a, an elite level of competition, I do not rate any of our goalkeepers and that, that's a damning indictment of our recruitment of that we've spent all this money and we have not got a goalkeeper who you can put you, you can hang, hang your hat on and says he's my number one because there's so many flaws in their uh, ability to be a goalkeeper so but um, but yeah like I said um, uh, Turner's in the wall and everything I've got a lot to answer for but then obviously VAR have because they should be having a look at that yeah, and it, it is a frustrating one for Forrest to be on the receiving end of, especially in the second half and, and later in the game when the referee was pulling Forrest players back when they were trying to gain a few yards advantage from free kicks and throw-ins. It's a bit galling then when you haven't spotted the, the major infringement that's led to a goal. So I suppose that's just, just the way of it at the moment with VAR and officials. But Brentford, after that goal, we're, we're on top. I think it swung the momentum of the game. Forrest were struggling to hold on to possession and really build any any form of attacks. And Brentford almost scored again. It was a corner that was swung in from the right. It dropped in front of goal to Keane Lewis Potter. He swiveled, hit a shot, and it bounced away off the bar. And Forrest just managed to get it clear via Turner and Murillo. And Forrest survived. Yates then was platted after playing uh, the ball uh, he received treatment at the time but it looks like he might have picked up a bit of a knock hopefully it's nothing serious but it did force him off the pitch 15-20 minutes into the second half so that is a little bit of a concern because we could do with uh, no more injuries at the moment yeah well yesterday it's, um, in the latter stage we were probably like running on fumes because of obviously what happened in the Blackpool um, going what 130, 140 minutes or whatever it was when you add it all together. Um, then obviously we've got uh, the little lads out at AFCON and the thing is the, the players who are out at AFCON for us, they're not, no disrespect, but they're not playing for like Equatorial Guinea or 
somebody who's not expected to go far in the tournament. Um, they're playing for teams who are going to be there or thereabouts. So obviously you've got Nia Carte, um for Senegal, um, Chiate for Senegal. Then you've got Coast with um, Sangare, um, Bali and Aurier. Then obviously you've got Alorano at Nigeria. So they're the teams who, if you don't watch much African football, but they're the ones who are usually at World Cups and things, you think they're going to get far. So yeah, I, I don't think we're going to get them back uh, before the Arsenal game, are we? So, uh, and then on top of that, you don't want any more injuries. But it's probably a bit of, going to be a welcome return when we finally get uh, Awani back because I think he's about what a couple of weeks away, isn't he? So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I don't want to be too critical on the players yesterday. They're just like at times they are fragile when they score a goal. They, they do look vulnerable, um, and then um, yeah, and then obviously with you haven't got many players to pick from, so. So yeah, I think it was a good performance yesterday. And if you look at the stats, Forest were the better side, but it was just those key moments in the game where um, when we was the better side, sometimes we didn't like make it pay. Then we like let Brentford in it, and ultimately they got the goals at key points, and that's what made them win the game yesterday. So it was one-one at half time. No changes made before the start of the second half, and. That second half early on, there wasn't really much to report on and it was 58 minutes when Brentford took the lead. It was a corner from the left-hand side, swung in to the near post and Ben Mee gets a free header in and buries it past Matt Turner and Brentford are in front. Now, looking back at the goal, it just looks like such an easy header for him and he's got so much space to get free and to pick his spot from Forest's point of view, again, it's a poor goal and something that could be prevented. Yeah, first and foremost, it's like you, not many keepers put players on posts now, do they, for corners and things like that. So, um, and we're, I think we're giving away a lot in height, aren't we? Because, like, we all love Murillo. We all think he's a fantastic player. But when he's in like a uh, aerial duel with somebody, he does come off second best most of the time. And um, Ben Mee's ran across him and uh, obviously got his head on it and he's picked his spot. But yeah, when you look at, when you take like players like um, Nick Carty out the side and Sangari, we do give away a lot in height because if you look at Brentford yesterday, they had Tony, who's um, quite a tall player. You've got um, Ethan Pinnock, who's quite a tall player. And then obviously Ben Mee, who scored the goal. So, um, but yeah, it is a poor goal and, and everything to give away. But, but yeah, it's just ultimately frustrating. You, you kind of think uh, a lot of uh, fans would like, I'll just get away with a point yesterday. But yeah, when we're um, like other teams, like um, game management is a lot better than us, and um, etc. But when in certain moments of the game, you just look forest like so fragile, and you can it's like a sense of inevitability that the other team's going to score because we're like a box um, boxer on the ropes aren't we you know, sometimes we're like wobbling a bit and it's like that when they hit the crossbar yesterday at that point Forest looked like they were wobbling a bit and thankfully they got in at half time but then what uh, 15 minutes or so after half time you're like you're 2-1 down for a goal what's preventable yeah and again it is that that bit of naivety, I think, and sometimes a bit of a soft underbelly that that the Forest has still got, and whether that's just a lack of Premier League experience still, and and that's something that comes after two or three seasons, I don't know, but it's something that they need to stamp out because it really is hampering their chances of winning games and getting results. 
Now, a couple of minutes after that goal, Forrest made a change. Ryan Yates went off with that knock. Nico Williams came on and he went straight down the right-hand side, so it looked like Dominguez. He then moved inside to where Ryan Yates was. And then a couple of minutes after that, Forrest equalise. And it's a nice little bit of play down the left-hand side. Danilo gets the ball to Callum Hudson-Odoi. He swings in across from that left-hand side. Chris Wood meets it, steers the ball home past the goalkeeper, and it's 2-2. I thought it was a really good goal and the kind of service that Chris Wood thrives on. Brilliant ball in. Chris Wood's making the run in the right position and the header, he makes it look easy. Yeah, it's a lovely goal and it's an absolute pinpoint, lovely cross by Callan Hudson and Dodge, which we were discussing yesterday. Hudson and Dodge just need something to happen, a goal, an assist or something like that because there's definitely a player in there. There's no two ways about it. There's, he's a very talented kid. But when you've had the injuries and obviously the stop-start um, seasons he's had in the past couple of years, um, yeah, he just needs something like just. I mean, he had a really good debut, didn't he, against Burnley? Then obviously he's picked up a couple of like niggling injuries and hasn't really got going. Uh, there's like been bright sparks um, with his uh, performances and everything, but. Yeah, he's a definitely a player in there. It was a lovely ball in, and he was a and he was equally brilliant header as well. He, he didn't have to put much on it; he just had to guide it into that bottom corner. And no keepers say um, saving that. It's a class goal. And um, yeah, I've always said this that I mean, Chris Woods has been frustrating, but you look at from when he he joined the club because we had that low block and 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 everything. And you need players in and around Chris Wood for him to be. Um, good player for you and in since uh, Nuno's come in I know they didn't play yesterday but Gibbs White and Alanga has been in and around him and you look at his goal return and there's sometimes yesterday where he probably had isolated but you put that ball in for Chris Ward and he's not going to miss that it's a class header and it's an equally class um, assist so but which we'll talk about in a minute. It's frustrating. You think two all Forest at that point, they were probably like second best and you get an equaliser and you're thinking, some people might say it's against the run and play and everything. But if you look at the stats, it's probably like deserved equaliser. But again, it was just mentally fragile once we go um, get a goal back or um, or like with the Danilo, Danilo when we were goal up and everything. We just got that agility, haven't we? To uh, like shooting themselves in the foot and again it's um, it's just so frustrating where Forrest get themselves in really really good positions in terms of um, match results and everything and ultimately they don't the, the game management is not as good and and obviously things happen and we'd come away with nothing and I said it just after that goal went in I said to the people I was watching the match with just watch here because Forrest are very vulnerable after after we score goals. We always seem to find a way of letting the opposition in. And three minutes later, it's exactly what happened. And it was ball down the right-hand side, crossed into the box. It finds its way to Neil Mope, who controls it, swivels and fires a first-time shot with his left foot into the corner. Turner's got no chance. At the time, Forrest claimed handball. A few of the players were were sort of calling for a VAR review and for for a handball to be given. The first initial angles on the coverage, it did look like it might have been handball, but then they did show one which showed that the ball came off Mopé's stomach 
and no hand involved. You can say maybe a little fortunate how it bounced for him, but it's one of those. It was an instinctive finish that it could go anywhere, but actually it's just gone into the bottom corner. It's a good finish. I mean, it's frustrating when it's somebody like Neil Mope because he doesn't seem to score many and then he pops up with one like that. Yeah, like, like I said, we're, we are a bit charity FC um, in recent seasons, haven't we, where somebody might have not scored in the whole career or something like that. As soon as we rock up into town, we uh, we give them the goal. So it was like the same a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Uh, when Alex Wobey's never scored two in a game, then we rock up into West London and gets two goals. And then yesterday... Um, Mopey's been like farmed to um, farmed out to Everton. He comes back, etc., and he hasn't scored for God knows how long. And there you go, here you go, Mopey. You can have a goal uh, on yeah. us, kind of thing. Um, yeah, we're in the ground yesterday, because um, in the away section, all around the ground, I presume that we've got a, um, a television screen um, like suspended from the roof, kind of thing. And it went to um, VAR, and he's kind of like. Oh, they've spotted something here, and you're like, you ultimately think it's going to the referee's either going to be instructed not to give the goal or go to the screen because he's seen something. Um, but yeah, looking back on the replays, it's it's a bit like that. A one one uh, when uh, we played Burnley earlier in the season, VAR was having a look at that as it touched his um, armour and it's hit his chest, hasn't it? And the goal was given, so I think it's a bit like that, but. But again, Forest are just fragile. That you think you've got a foothold in the game. It's too old. Other teams like do it, don't they? The other teams like can see that game out. Right, we've got a point here. Let's make sure we come away with this um, point and everything. And whether it's naivety, the obviously the newly promoted from obviously last season, whether that's a factor or the the mentally knackered kind of thing because of obviously how much to put into the game against uh, Blackpool than the game yesterday whether that's a factor we'll never know but yeah it seems to be a common theme now doesn't it this season it, we're on the wrong end of a 3-2 scoreline yeah and Forrest after that didn't really threaten too much they had they had time to to try and get back into the game I think it was 10 minutes of injury time but Brentford probably did what you were just saying there, shut down the game well and made it difficult for Forrest. There was one opportunity Forrest had, nice bit of link-up play between Hudson and Doy, crossing into the box. Wood, who wasn't able to really control the ball, but he poked it back for Mangala intelligently. Mangala then shot first time and that just whistled past the post. It would have been a brilliant goal had it gone in. But that was about the best that Forrest could muster in those closing stages. We had... Brandon Aguilera come on for Gonzalo Montiel. And that was it, really. I think Aguilera is the closest thing we've got at the moment to a player who could come on and do something different. But he's still a kid and very inexperienced at this level. Exactly that. You can't pin your hopes upon a kid who's what played what a half or so against Blackpool, albeit against League One opposition, which no disrespect to them, but that's what they are. And then obviously... Uh, he threw 3-2 down in a Premier League game and he's making his Premier League debut against a team who's they're basically under Thomas Frank the streetwise aren't they they're equipped to see the game out and like you said they and what I said earlier is that they did what we didn't um, they got the 3-2 um, scoreline and like we're seeing this out and he, even with 10 minutes on the um, his injury time we we didn't do much, uh, did we? Because I was down to probably Brentford, the, the 
they know what to do at key points. We don't seem to uh, seem to do that, but uh, we've got to get a bit more streetwise in terms of like, right, we've got what we wanted. First and foremost, it would have been nice to get the win, but if you can't win the game, don't lose it. We're just away from home. We can't seem to get over the line in terms of getting away with a point. I mean, I know every point's hard in the Premier League. Uh, Steve Cooper's mentioned it and Nuno's mentioned it recently. Uh, every point's vital, and especially now predicament because we don't know what we need um, regarding this uh, charge hanging over our heads. So, um, so yeah, um, it would have because again. Brentford, I know they've been uh, without Tony, but what five defeats on the spin kind of thing, and um, and I know all through the week it was back, it was cringe, wasn't it, with the Ivan Tony's going to do this, he's going to do that, he's back, yeah. um, and, and all of that, and, the, and like the made him captain. I don't know if he's actually the club captain or is that just like a, a gesture because he was back yesterday, we're giving the captain's armband and everything, and but yeah, um, Sky Sports were absolutely milking it and all the other media outlets out there and. And to be honest, apart from his goal, he, he didn't do a great deal, really. He didn't have many um, chances. Um, but, but again, um, we've got to get more streetwise because um, if we keep doing that, we're not going to get hardly any points on the road again because uh, it was a problem last season. And I know we beat um, Newcastle uh, just after Christmas and Chelsea and, and all of that. But um, yeah, key points are key moments during games we've got to be a lot better and uh, just basically stop the goals uh, going in the 1865 match report 2024 is upon us which means a packed schedule of FA Cup AFCON and of course Premier League action beat the January Blues and watch every game with the atmosphere it deserves down at your local Green King Sports Pub don't settle for a dodgy stream. If it's on the telly, it's on at your local Green King venue across a huge HD screen. huge. If you download the Green King Sports app, you'll also receive 10% off every single drink whenever there's a game on. And you'll also be supporting us here at 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. If you're doing dry January, then Green King venues also offer a range of low and no alcohol options, so you don't have to settle for a worse sports watching experience. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Let's now hear the opposition view on the game. We're joined by Michael from the Ealing Road podcast. I've just come out of the game, and to be honest, it was billed as this... You know, huge Ivan Tony comeback, and of course he scored the goal to make it one-one. But I was I, I was impressed with Forrest's performance. Honestly, before the game, I felt like because there was so much hype around it, I felt like it kind of played into Brentford's hands in a way. In that, I really thought that it would be like we get one goal and we might run away with it, especially with Hudson Odoi out and Elanga out and Morgan Gibbs White out. The three of your maybe not Hudson Odoi, but Elanga and Morgan Gibbs White certainly. Two of your two of your best players going forward, um, so I was actually very impressed with how Forrest played, and I'm 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 I've, I'm recording this voice note sort of I'm in two minds because Brentford didn't play particularly well, and I feel like uh, Morpay's goal is a very good goal, and I know that <coughs> Forest fans and Premier League fans just in general won't expect that of a player like Neil Mopay, but he took it he took it extremely well, but. You know, I feel like it's a game that could have gone either way and I'm glad, obviously, that Brentford got the better of it. But it, it, 
I thought it was a fairly even game. Forrest piled on the pressure in the second half. Ivan Tony gets his goal. Neil Mope gets his goal. Ben Mee gets his goal off. Uh, a very simple goal from a corner from looking at it from where I was in the in the ground. Um, it just seems like he's kind of lost his runner and smashed a header in, in the, at the near post. So uh, as a Brentford fan, I'm, I'm very happy because it was a scrappy game and it was a result we really needed off the back of sort of five five losses on the bounce. Lost seven out of our last eight against a team that's just above us in the league. It, it was a big game tonight and I'm only disappointed because I, I hoped Ivan Tony would score just more than one. But having said that, I think his, his presence on the pitch is just really underrated and it was always going to be a tough task for Forrest coming here tonight just because of how much hype and how much coverage there's been of Ivan Tony in, in recent weeks, especially because he wants to do every bloody interview that anyone offers to him. But overall, I think it was a fairly even game. Brentford just edged it and I wish Nottingham Forest the best for the rest of the season, especially with the points deduction. It's going to be tough for you guys, but Tonight, it could have gone either way, and I'm happy it went Brentford's way. Thank you, Michael, for the opposition view there. And looking now ahead to the next couple of games for Forest, it's Bristol City on Friday night, away in the fourth round of the FA Cup. And that's followed up next Tuesday evening with a home match against Arsenal in the Premier League. So I, th- I think both games are tricky in very different ways, Tom, but... Looking at where Forest are at the moment and looking at what's available to them in the squad, how do you see them getting on in those two games? Well, a trip down to Bristol is never easy, regardless of what league you're in, because their fans are going to be uh, up for it after dispatching at West Ham in the previous round. And I watched the game the other was it Tuesday when they played, and they look all right. I mean, um, is it Liam Manning who um, has gone in there after Pearson uh, left, and he? He got Oxford to the like, top of like League One and he left them in a really good state and he's gone in there and he seems to um got them going um there because Bristol, no disrespect to them, they've got it's been a long time since they were in the top division and they've got a lot going for them. They've got a decent stadium after they had the refurb and everything and they got a really um like loyal and wealthy benefactor in Steve Lambstone. But I just think Bristol, it's one of those clubs which with the catchment area and the fan base and everything, they're probably capable of like getting merged to the Premier League for whatever reason, whether they have like FFP issues or they want to stay sustainable and, and all of that. Um, yeah, they're always like mid-table of the Championship. Every single season seems to be 14th and they don't, they're never in a relegation battle, but they're not like really uh, troubling the playoff places. So yeah, it's going to be a tough game because they um, were really up for it against West Ham and for long periods, West Ham... Um, and didn't really have an answer for them and they're quite physical and obviously they've got Ben Rama sent off and all of that and they scored early on with Conway um, scoring that fortunate goal when there was a defensive mix-up so uh, so that's going to be a hard game um, but hopefully Gibbs White and Alanga will be back in some capacity because um, we really missed them yesterday and then the Arsenal game it's at home under the lights but it just depends on personnel, doesn't it? I mean, they panned um, Palace yesterday, five uh, nil, with Dean Henderson. <laughs> he's he's conceded uh, ten goals in two games at the Emirates. <laughs> That's not yeah, a great, not great stat for one of our former lone knee players. But yeah, um, Arsenal have got a fantastic side, and um, Arteta's um, 
doing a really good job at Arsenal. So ultimately, that's going to be hard. So, um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the two games, but they're, they're not going to be easy um, by any stretch for like different um, matters because obviously going away to Bristol is never, like I said, is never easy. And then you got Arsenal who are wanting to uh, be in this title race. Yep, tricky games ahead and we'll see if Forrest can get some players back for those, whether that's for players returning from injury or returning from AFCON. We'll leave the match report there. So thank you, Tom. And also thank you to Michael from the Ealing Road podcast for providing us with the opposition view. We will be back in your feed with a match report after the Bristol City game. So until then, thanks for listening and see you next time. Podcast Network.